Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. Are you ready to go GMCC Racing? Fans running to the fences, side by side. Borch gets a better line. Oh boy, we got wheel to wheel right here, string. Try to dive bomb down to the inside. No, can't get the line he wants. Duval is in control. We open back up. Here comes Neil once again. He's going for the pass. Oh, bumping going on. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. What is going on? Episode 046. Best episode yet. This is a very special episode for Brandon. Not only is it his racing number 46, it's his football number 46, and it's the day after Brandon turned 33? Yeah. We won't say that out loud too much. I'm still 25. Brandon is not only now a vet rider, he is like deep in the vet class. We're talking we're talking half almost halfway to the yeah. what's the the, the masters class? No, I don't know about that. Jeez. <laughs> we got plus 40 next or something like there that. There we go. Happy birthday Brandon from Thanks, the whole split line off-road nation to yeah. you. Yeah. It's been a great weekend. Been a great weekend. That's great, man. We're going to get into your weekend here in a minute. Uh, I'm sure you have some beef with me for something or another. Uh, as always, I guess, right? Yeah. But first, we got to thank our awesome sponsor, Guts Racing. In 1985, Guts was formed in Northern California. Since then, they've been a leader in seat innovation and technology. Best seat covers out there. I don't care what you say. They look good and they perform great. Um, if you need to, if you need proof, look at Thad Duvall in the woods. Look at Joel Hetrick on the track, killing it with the gut seat covers. Mm, did you know Joel? Joel didn't really do so good the last race, but I mean, uh, it kept him on the bike until, until it the did bike, kept, until it it kept him, him on the bike until the very last <laughs> second. Yes, I mean, that is true. My uh, my seat cover, my nice gut seat cover, kept me up on the bike almost all day Saturday. That's I, awesome. I had a couple tip overs, but wasn't seat cover fault. So. Yeah, best <laughs> best seat cover in the business. If you guys haven't already, make sure you check them out. Make sure that you tell them the Split Line Off Road Nation sent you, and we would appreciate that. So uh, let's get into fantasy fantasy for the Split Line. Uh, well, I'm sorry, the Pulp Fantasy and the Split Line. League. League. Uh, if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys go and join us there. Um, you, I guess you could still win the championship because you can still get your points. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Whatever. But yeah. we, we end up giving Practice a free – Practice for next year. Yeah, we're going to be giving uh, – for the top two uh, finishers of the season, we're going to be giving a free uh, T-shirt away. So uh, let's look at the points right now. Right now, Kyle Murray is first in the points. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in second. Yeah. And there's a reason why I moved up into second. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, Jay Bear is is third. third. Justin Groff in fourth place. Dropped down to fourth place from first place in one week because he forgot to pick his team. <laughs> so that's a bummer for him. Uh, and it's a little bit of uh, favor for the rest of us, right? Yeah. Brandon, you're sitting there in fifth place. And, uh, yeah, but in the uh, the week, uh, this week, actually, uh, Kyle ended up winning. I got second place, and MX Girl finished third. Wow. So, yeah, congratulations to you. We uh, appreciate you playing with us. But we'll talk about the MX series a little bit later. So let's move on to this past weekend. Brandon, you got to go to Fast Tracks this weekend, and you got to talk to some of our listeners. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It was great to, to talk to some of the listeners uh, that listened to us. Um, seemed like they all they all listened to almost every show, so that was really cool. Um, got to talk to them a little bit. It was it was uh, pretty interesting. Um, surprised anybody listens to us. <laughs> no, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, Fast Track was great. It's always good. Um, everybody raced good. Uh, good track conditions. Nice oh, weekend. Man, perfect track conditions. A little dusty in, in, in about one, the second session I raced in, but uh, they are out there watering and telling right after that one. So uh, it was great. Got to talk to some of the quad guys. Um, but uh, my son raced the morning kids class, I guess if you want to call it, the mini class. 
He had a heck of a battle going on. Ended up finished third in his class. And uh, so, yeah, I was proud of him. Um, it, that 30 plus two is really hard for him to, to um, keep the throttle. Keep his attention span? Well, the throttle, like twisting the throttle that <laughs> I long. saw that video of him leaning off the back of the bike, yeah. butt up in the air, yeah. elbows up, just pinning it. We, we That's were, pretty awesome. We've been working on it, man. <laughs> we've been working on the form, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see, and I was proud of him. Um, then I raced uh, two classes, and uh, oh, well, my first race for the year – so it was it was big expected. I landed on the ground a couple of times, but nothing major. So I picked it up, kept going. Yeah, shake off some arm pump, shoulders, <laughs> and uh, Jonathan had a good race. Um, he was actually uh, I think first or second, and didn't realize it, and went down and dropped back to like fifth in his class. He was so pissed. <laughs> producer John. Yeah, producer, Mr. <laughs> producer. Uh, so yeah, so it was a good weekend. We all got out of there healthy, and uh, that's the main thing. And uh, I tell you what, JoJo Cunningham, he, him, and um, Landrum was was having a good battles, but JoJo was just outright flying out there. So it, when he lapped me both times, and he was just getting it, so it's, it's really cool to watch. And then Alex Thiem and um, won the overall in the uh, ATV class. Uh, yeah, pretty good battles there too. Yeah, congrats to congrats to both those guys and uh, all the guys that had good weekends out there for sure. Um, I uh, I got to go mountain biking this weekend. If that counts for anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me too, on my birthday. Yeah, nice, nice. So, yeah, I went mountain biking at a local uh, park this weekend, uh, and uh, really getting into that. It's fun. It yeah, gives you, it's give, a good it time. gives you the it gives you the dirt bike feels and I just a wish little I could bit. do all downhill. Uh, all downhill. Yeah, we need to get an e bike sponsorship. Yeah, something like so that. So we can help ourselves get up the hill a little bit <laughs> 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 uh, on uh, uh, under maybe not our own power a little bit. So. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the meat of the show. This week, we're going to be having uh, Landon Wolf on, and Landon is uh, currently sitting first in points in the in the four x four pro. Um, Landon came from sport quads a couple years back, and has kind of taken the four x four world um, uh, by storm. storm. Yeah. Really has uh, won a couple of championships and uh, just sets a really crazy pace i mean he's on a five five race winning uh not a winning streak but he's won five races this year so far uh third or three seconds and only one third and that's his worst finish of the year so you talk about consistency and you talk about uh domination pretty much he's killing it in that four by four pro class um so he's a he's a guest that i've been wanting to get on for a while because Man, if there's one thing that I don't understand is how those guys go so fast <laughs> on those heavy four by fours. It's yeah. insane, and those guys sounds I mean, like a car coming through. The it woods. does, <laughs> it does, and you really got to take your hats off to to them, um, especially at that high level. They're putting those machines in places like you would a sport quad, yeah. and then they got the power and the mobility to run over trees <laughs> to to just kind of bulldog their way through the woods. And I wonder, and I got a lot of questions to ask him, like, do you have a different mindset on a utility bike versus a sport quad and how you approach the races from that end? Uh, so we'll be talking to him about that. Um, and then we're going to be having uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, pro motocross as well. Uh, we might have another guest coming on the line later on as well, but we'll leave that up in the air. Uh, so, all right, guys, we're back. Welcome to the show, Landon Wolf. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. Hey, man, I uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. First first intro to split line off road i've listened to a lot of your guys stuff and uh, i'm very, very happy that you guys have me part of it oh so, yeah man. we appreciate that man we appreciate you coming on and uh man let's first and start off talking about uh your 2021 season you have been having quite the season before you came on we talked about how you have five wins uh three second places and one third haven't finished off the podium this season uh really i don't think you could ask for much more <laughs> so far no, no, not really. I've, I've had a, a really good season. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not the exact season that I was looking for. I, I, coming out of 2020, I was uh, just, just on top of the world in 2020. I think I only lost one race in 2020. So I knew that was kind of a, a hard thing to even dream about it and shoot for this year, especially with some of the riders just really picking up the pace. Uh, and coming into 2021, I started slow. 
I, I wasn't real happy with where my pace was coming coming out of round one. Cody Cody Collier pretty much rolled right into round one and showed me he had uh, he he had picked up the pace and he was ready to to get rolling. So that took me a little off guard, and you know, I just honestly not even uh, got lucky at, at round two and got a win and slowly just picked up the pace as the year went on and and finally found the speed that I knew I had last year in 2020. So it was good to get back and start feeling like myself again, got, got the blistered hands under control, got my mind back where it needs to be. So I, I was really starting to feel good, you know, three, four or five rounds in, really starting to feel like myself again. Uh, and then we went to, I guess it was round eight where I got that third and that was just a disaster of a day. Uh, and I, I definitely made the best out of it. Still barely landing myself on the podium, but, uh, just had, I, I always pride myself in, in being a pretty consistent rider, safer rider. You know, I, I tried to make as little mistakes as possible and, and, uh, let the results work off of that. And, uh, that day was just not my day. I went out there and had two big crashes at round eight and, um, came out of there and was just really upset with myself. So knew I had one more race before summer break. So, uh, really worked hard before that one came out at snowshoe and put my head down and, and, uh, had a really, really good race. So I was happy to go into summer break with that. That's awesome. Now you mentioned the uh, Mason Dixon round uh, of round eight being a disaster, um, and I'm curious to to know. So I've raced that race uh, a couple years in a row now as well, and I was in the PM race, and it really caught me personally off guard at the way that track developed uh, in years past. Um, yeah. I know that you guys, you know, have a different track starting off, you know, in the morning. Uh, but it, do, do you feel like maybe uh, that played a role in it, uh, that track developing way different than it had in years past? Yeah, and to me, that, that track is, is surprisingly being in PA, which is where I'm from, uh, that, that track is just very different from all the other ones that we race, I think. And uh, I've had good races there and in years past, but I've never had a real great race there. And the the property right next door to that high voltage is one of my favorite tracks, but mm. that high point track or Mason Dixon, whatever you call it, yeah. it uh, it's always been given. It's always given me a little <laughs> bit of trouble, and um, it was it was a uh, it was a mixture of all things. We had a we had a mechanical problem that we discovered 20 minutes before the green flag waved Ooh. on that day, and I was having a little a little bit of a meltdown with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, my mechanic James got me doctored up right off the bat and got me to the starting line. Bike was fine. Ha finally had the handlebars straightened out because that was part of the mechanical issue. Oh. And uh, I went into the woods and I don't know, uh, six miles in, I clobbered a tree about as hard as you can possibly hit one. Bent, <laughs> bent my steering all out of whack. Got going again. Second lap, had another bonehead mistake. Rolled the bike, barrel rolled the bike like two times. And uh, <laughs> and then on the third lap, got all tangled up in a bottleneck. So it, it was just a tough day, but we, we did make the best out of it. Man, rolling the, that uh, that big machinery, like <laughs> I bet that thing is... It breaks a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I guarantee so, it. <laughs> I was going down a downhill, and, and it started rolling, and I got off of the bike just in time. I never even hit the ground. I landed on my feet and ran away from the bike. But it rolled over twice, broke my, my shifter knob off to go from, like, high to reverse and park. So I actually had to grab a hold of, like, the handle down on top of the motor and <laughs> wiggle that thing to get it back in drive because it was in reverse when I got it back on its wheels. So a uh, little bit of a mess. <laughs> Man, those bikes are so, so big. And, and it's honestly amazing to, to witness how you guys ride them the way you do because Brandon and I were talking before you came on the show, and it's like, man, a lot of you guys, like, it's like you're riding them in situations. It looks like you're riding the way – your body positioning is and everything uh, like a sport bike. And then, but then yep. you're able to, you're able to kind of almost abuse the woods a little bit more and, and, and use like the weight and the four wheel drive to your advantage. And it's just, it's really impressive to be honest. Yeah. And, and the bikes work uh, better than you would think a four wheel drive utility vehicle would work. I mean, it's got mm -hmm. the independent rear suspension and 
if if written correctly, they they actually work really really well. So um, that's actually really impressive to me. Um, and in uh, you, the only problem with them is you can get yourself in bad situations easy. You know, they uh, if you do override it or abuse it too much, they can they can hurt you quick. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So before we get off of this year, uh, the topic of 2021, let's go way back to I believe it was round one or round two in Florida. Um, we want to talk about. A certain rider, and we don't know his name, but <laughs> I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the guy that, that took the Instagram world by storm by by hydroplaning across um, uh, what looks like a lake. <laughs> um, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that w- tell us about that. <laughs> that gentleman's name is Robert Parker. Uh, he as I've been riding Can-Ams forever, him and his son and his daughter as well, their, their main hobby is, I don't know what the correct terminology for it, mud bogging, mudding. Yes. Uh, you know, they go to these big mud events with these tires that are taller than me, and him and his boy, who I don't know how old he is, but he can't be older than 12, uh, and his daughter as well, who's a little bit older, uh, they do all these mudden events and he races GNCC as well when they're not, when they're not at the mudden events and great guy. I, uh, and I was biking the track on Friday and we pulled up to that lake basically. I mean, it's, it's just a low area that fills up with water and there's little like islands throughout it. Now all the islands are underwater, but you know, there's some spots that are, two inches deep and as you might have saw like rob smith and hayden mickelson they had the bikes buried to the fenders um so there were really really deep spots in there so you really had to like memorize where those islands were and skip from one to another and that's what i was there doing you know i was out there with a stick poking around finding where i could skinny through slowly and here comes robert (laughs) parker on his bicycle and he's like He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to find my way through here so I don't get stuck tomorrow. And he's like, just hydroplane it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, you come out of this corner back here. You put it to the wood. Don't lift once. He said, you'll go right across the top of this. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Absolutely not. <laughs> and honestly, I never thought anything of it past that. I, you know, I was just like, that guy's crazy. Yeah. You just thought he was BSing, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, obviously I'm not going to do that. And, uh, sure enough, after the race, I think one of the first things I heard out of somebody's mouth was you should have seen Robert Parker. (laughs) And, uh, I think it was Josh Merritt that had the video on his Instagram. I mean, that guy just came out of the corner. He did exactly what he told me to do. He, I just didn't do it. He, he never lifted and skimmed right across that whole pond yeah (laughs) so uh absolutely epic uh i don't have the i don't have the guts to do it i i won't be doing it next year either (laughs) it it was okay so it was definitely josh merritt uh that had the video so if you guys want to check that out make sure you go to josh merritt's instagram and i would say have to probably have to scroll a good ways down to find it but uh man what a video and uh uh that was that was pretty insane, and we had to get your opinion on that and uh, wanted to see if you would ever try that for sure. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance, man. Not anytime soon, unless I start losing my mind or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dude. Mean, can you imagine if it just went bad? Just one little one little. I know. Oh, man. If you tuck the front end or you hit a deep spot that you don't quite skim, oh, it is disaster. Oh, man. So here's another question that I have. Do you know if he hit that line more than once, or was it just the one time that he did it? I don't know. That's uh-huh. a that's a pretty good question. Um, knowing him, I'd say he did it every lap, but <laughs> I don't I don't know that for sure. He, uh, I mean, like I said, he he it, it wasn't a big deal to him. He looked at that and said, "Yeah, well, yeah, I'm skimming it. Why wouldn't I skim it?" And I'm like, I don't know. I could probably think of quite a few reasons why I wouldn't skim it. <laughs> Shoot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a huge machine to just go sending across 
black mucky water that you have no idea what's in there oh man absolutely absolutely you'd almost be better off to do it on a on a sport quad but that's still even that's still even scary (laughs) the only thing the the, i mean we do have extra weight compared to the the sport quads but you do have four wheels pulling you know skimming across the water as as opposed to two so i don't i don't know if that helps or not i'm not willing to find out So, okay, uh, Landa, a question that I have, because you guys are the first initial people, and quite honestly, you are typically the first person, or not typically, but a lot of the times the first person to see a lot of the morning track. How often do you run into wildlife? That's a question I have. Uh, Pretty often. Yeah. Uh, Probably more than you would think. Uh, I have never hit anything, but I, I see it a lot. Uh, especially at snowshoe because I, uh, I was the, the guy that the kid that was running second, Brandon Frazier right on the first lap ended up having a big crash. I know another couple guys got tangled up. So I was out at snowshoe. I was out alone by myself and yeah, I, I saw my fair, fair share of wildlife and, uh, pretty cool. (laughs) You know, I'm racing along, just kind of ripping with them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Just out for a a nice morning cruise and uh, just the wildlife just scaring the daylights out of them i guess but it, it is pretty cool to be like racing down a tight technical trail like on the mountains at snowshoe and a deer is just like trotting down the trail in front of you you know just waiting <laughs> for him to dart off into the woods that's awesome so, yeah i have i have seen my fair share of it never hit anything but uh I, yeah i've seen a good bit of it brandon did you see where that guy i think it was last year iron man um an am dirt bike guy hit and killed a deer yeah yeah, yeah that was pretty wild i don't know that i did see that no i have to i have to dig that up it mangled, uh, that's it, pretty cool it mangled his bike yeah he yeah, was, yeah yeah he tore <laughs> the, maybe it's not so cool <laughs> tore the front end yeah. of the, or tore the front fender off and everything but uh wow i can't remember yeah. I can't remember who got the footage yeah. or not, not. They actually didn't see it happen, no, it but they, they it was a picture of a dead deer and mm-hmm. a, a bent up motorcycle. <laughs> oh, he actually killed it. Too. Yeah, he yeah, killed. Yeah. He killed the deer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you got to hit something pretty hard. I mean, I've hit deer in my vehicles before and they live. I mean, uh, you'd have to hit it pretty hard on a dirt bike to kill it. I know. Uh, right. That's I, if I'm not mistaken, it like took the whole front that forks off pretty much it was pretty bad wow. pretty bad <laughs> yeah was the guy all right or did yeah i think he was there? no i think he was good i think he was yeah. good yeah, yeah it was yeah, uh yeah, just just went home with a little extra meat in his freezer <laughs> well you know out there uh yeah exactly you know out there um at uh um at that track there there's probably the deer are probably a lot bigger <laughs> being out you yeah know, midwest area yeah. <laughs> yeah i would think so i'm not much of a hunter but i would think so yeah those yeah. corn-fed deer that's that's the problem <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true that's true so uh let's talk a little bit about your transition from the sport bike world to the uh the the four by four world um i believe it was 2017 correct that you mm-hmm. transitioned over yeah, I think 18, 19, 20. Yeah, yeah. 17 was my last year on a sport bike, and I raced the final round at Ironman on a 4x4. That was my first race. Yeah, and you won. Right? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And uh, same thing there. You know, the, the whole transition to the 4x4 was – it was really just uh, just happening to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, it worked out really well for me. I, uh, I, well, uh, my, my dad owns his own steel construction business. So I was working more with him, the, the sport quad thing, you know, I just, I couldn't, couldn't get the support that I needed, uh, to, to continue racing and traveling and racing and all that stuff. So I had locked in number six, uh, for 2017. If I would have won Iron Man, I would have last. I would have stayed sick. So talking to my good friend, Dwight Pollard, uh, and he was generous enough. He said, dude, I know you're a little bit burnt out right now on the whole racing thing. He's like, I got, I got my practice squad, which he was on four by fours at the time. He's like, just, just race my practice squad, have a little bit of fun. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, I got nothing to lose. Go for it. Right. So I did. And he, uh, prepped it for me. The, the, Dwight's a hell of a mechanic he prepped it. I had, I had one of the best on the line so worked out really good I, I got a really good start um the defending champ kevin cunningham uh we him and i were battling i was in front of him for a little bit i think second or third lap he he was behind me he slipped by me and had a mechanical fit 
so he was at the game. Again, I was just at the right place at the right time. I ended up, ended up getting the win. And then uh, the cherry on top, which I had no idea at the time, uh, off the podium, and my father says, hey, there's, there's a guy named, like, Jean Francois that wants to talk to you. He's over there. He said he's going to come over to the trailer later on. I said, no idea who that is, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, it was, uh, it was the race director for Can-Am. So um, he just happened to be at the race that weekend. It's the closest one to uh, Quebec where they live. And uh, they, they traveled down to Indiana to watch the race. And like I said, I, I just I happened to be at the right place at the right time. Struck a deal with Can-Am for the following year in 2018. And, um, you know, it took me a little bit to get it going. It, it wasn't something I think I went to like seven races before I got another win. Uh, just struggle to figure it out the the biggest difference is power steering and four-wheel drive yeah, yeah. so it, it took me a while to, to get the hang of it and uh once i did it, it's 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 been good ever since we've, we've had a lot of success since then yeah the power steering thing is the whole like uh, i used to get off like my, my race quad and get on my dad's utility four-wheeler and i'd be like man this thing is so kind of like the steering's a little bit tighter, doesn't want to, you know, move around as fast. So I'm sure that would yep. be a big transition between the, the sport quad into the uh, into the big biker. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest difference. And power steering units have low, mid, and high. And, you know, I, I everybody runs it on high. And when coming from a steering dampener off a sport quad, mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are you guys are going to kill yourself on high. It's way too loose. And uh, they're like, you just give it some time. You'll get used to it. And that's what you're like. And Six months later, I got it high, and now I can't ride with a with a steering damper. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's nice now that I've gotten used to it. But that that and all right, guys, we had a little bit of technical issues. We are back, uh, Landon. You were talking about the steering dampener. Yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying, that that's just that's just the biggest difference between what I was on and what I what I'm on now. That was the biggest learning curve. Just going from having a steering dampener to, to power steering, um, you know, started with the power steering unit set on low. Now I got it on high and, and that's all that I can, that's all that I can use these days. But, uh, that, and, and just the, the fact that the front wheels are always pulling on the ground, the, the front end isn't quite as precise as a, a quad. So just getting comfortable with those two things, that, that was what took me the longest. And, um, I, I feel pretty comfortable with it now. So, I, I would hate to see what I do if I get back on a sport quad and two wheel drive. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, do you ever often run a sport quad anymore? Or is that just like, you don't want to touch it to lose what you've gained on the, on the four by four. So I have not rode a sport quad, uh, at all since, since 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, last year at the action off road camp, John Glauda Jr. jumped on my 4x4, and he was ripping it around a little bit. And I got on his Yamaha 450, and I, I rode it for, I don't know, five minutes. But I think that's the only time I've rode a sport quad since then. I uh, I do have the itch a little bit here recently, um, but I do a lot of dirt bike riding. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do at home most of the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's kind of how I uh, fill the gap with with a little bit of speed and jumping and stuff like that, you know. How's yeah. that transition between the dirt bike and the four by four? I'm sure that's a little bit different. It's it's quite different, yeah. But I uh, I started on a, a dirt bike as a kid. That's all I ever rode, and I think when I was like 13, I had a pretty pretty nasty leg injury, and uh, I always liked watching the the four wheeler races. I just think the the rate the four wheeler racing is more intense there's more action there's more beating and banging you know i i don't know i just always loved watching it and when i had that leg injury uh my father was like ah, i'll get you a uh get you a little honda 250 because you, know, you keep your feet on the pegs let your leg heal up a little bit more and then we'll get back on the dirt bike well we never got back on the dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so. you were you were very successful on on the sport bike side of everything. Like you said, you you the year before, I believe you were seventh in points, and then you locked up sixth in points um, in the pro um, yep. overall uh, of things. So, um, man, whenever you transferred over to the four by four world, um, you know, I'm sure, and you come off of a win, 
your first race. I'm sure expectations were high uh, going into your first year. And, um, um, I mean, you've really been on a roll since then. You say you took a little bit to get used to, but still, I mean, you mm -hmm. were still a solid, solid competitor in that class as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like to think I had really good success in the XC1 class, but, uh, you know, the support was on the 4x4 side, for me anyway. Uh -huh. um, you know, I just, I, I, had, the, I had the support to, to keep me racing and to help pay the bills and, and all that. So that, that's, that's why I, I made the switch, and I love racing them. But, yeah, I mean, when I first came, it was Kevin Cunningham who I was battling with, and uh, he had a lot of speed. But even more than that, Kevin was just a very experienced racer. He was um, – smooth and steady and didn't make mistakes and didn't have breakdowns so um it, it was a, it was a, a tough competitor and since then he has retired had a kid and retired and now i got um the my main battle now is cody collier and holy cow that kid's got some speed um <laughs> So yeah, I got my hands full, as full as I need them to be, that's for sure. You know, it blows my mind that, you know, you were six in XC1 and didn't and couldn't get the the support behind you, but you can go over to the 4x4 world and, and get to support it. It just, it really just blows it's, my it's mind. It's pretty sad, ain't it? Yeah, it, it is. And, that, and it really, yeah. it, it kind of aggravates me just a little bit. Just, like, yeah. how can someone but, be you six know, if you, if you think about it, if, if your neighbor or your uncle or, or your grandfather wants to go get a four-wheeler to hang out on the weekends and or, or whenever, ride on the farm on the weekends, go to Hatfield-McCoy, go to their buddy's cabin and do some hunting nobody's gonna go buy a suzuki ltr 450 or, right. yeah. or a honda or yamaha everybody's buying polaris and can-am um and honestly even it, i feel like it went a lot from sport quads to four by fours and now it's just e creeping even more and more over to uh side by sides i know yeah we talk we've talked about that to no end on this show how side-by-sides have really kind of like man everybody loves their side-by-sides and we talk about how yep. you know manufacturers like man if i can sell this person on a on a twenty-five thousand to thirty thousand dollar unit why would i even bother with you know your ten thousand dollar your sport quad. Your, yeah your ten, yeah yep. yeah exactly so uh definitely see the the frustration there and everything but i mean at the same time um, I feel like ATV, ATV all around the, the racing scene, um, is really in a good spot. Uh, last year I ran a local series here in West Virginia and consistently we, we were having a hundred, um, adult quads every single weekend and at least, and it was, it was good to see because I felt like there was kind of a low Valley, but then it's kind of, it's starting to peak back up a little bit. Do you, what do you think of in the, the four by four market as far as like the racing scene goes? Cause that as an outsider, as far as that particular racing, it looks to me like it's, it's, it is on a growing pattern. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Earlier this year, I was starting to worry a little bit about it. It seemed like it was really plateauing, but I don't know that that's I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think we're getting three new kids in the pro class uh, this fall, so next month we're going to have three more. Um, it's kind of an expensive gig to get started with, uh, and and that's where another reason I I, I really made out well, you know. I had Dwight Pollard on my side that helped me get into the four by fours. He had race ready four by fours that he was ready to get rid of. And that's what helped me get into it. But to, to get into the four by four racing, it can be a little pricey because, you know, the units are 13,000 plus bone stock sitting on the showroom floor. Um, and there's also a lot of people out there that selling them that, you know, are, used and abused a little bit too much and they just cause a lot of work as soon as you get them so i think that's what is tough for a lot of people to get over um but uh at the same time i i think people are making it happen because you can go to the dealer and buy them so you know i, I think that's appealing you know you can go online and people are selling stock takeoff parts uh parts in general are read readily available so um 
I think it's growing. Um, I think it really had a spike uh, a year or two ago, and uh, that may have tapered off a little bit, but I, I still think we're heading in the right direction. What I really, um, you know, what makes me happy hearing is the fact that, like, you're talking about how you're getting three new kids coming up um, that's going to be in the pro class this yep. coming fall. And yep. when Brandon and I were – see, we're – we're vet riders now. So. <laughs> but, You're just getting good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we're, we're, we're like a fine wine. But when we were, when we were, you know, early in our racing and, you know, in our wild days, like as, you know, 19 to 22 year old guys. Um, and when a four by four guy would be around to me, it always had that like, um, nostalgia or whatever of being like that's what older guys ride yeah right absolutely that's what absolutely the older and guys there's ride. there's still there's still some of that around no doubt right right but what i really like and i feel like you and i'm sure you would never want to take credit for this but whenever you came into the class and and started um uh doing really well obviously uh and you're a younger guy i feel like that maybe have was in part and prompting a lot of younger kids to get into the four by four world early and then not being an afterthought of, okay, I'm done racing sport quads. So now I'm going to go race a four by four because I'm older and smarter. That's always been the the, the thing. And now I feel like that may be shifting a little bit. Yep. And I agree a hundred percent. It definitely, definitely is, or, or was a thing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I like to I like to think that I helped the cause, but I definitely wasn't I wasn't the only one that did it. You know, I mean, you got you got a lot of Kevin Kevin Cunningham was probably the first one, uh, and then Dwight, and then uh, uh, me, Cody Collier, Brandon Frazier. Now we got Drew Landers coming in. Uh, I got a kid that lives close to home here, Burke Marcelia. He's a he's. Oh gosh, I guess he's only 16. Uh, he just wrapped up the A championship at Snowshoe. Uh, he's coming to the four by four pro class. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely we still have we still have some older guys in there because it is it's easier on your body, so it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the shocks are longer, the ride is smoother. There's power steering. I mean, what's not to love, right? So <laughs> reverse. So, uh, yeah, reverse exactly. You can put a cooler on the back if you want. <laughs> so uh, you know, th- there's definitely a reason for for that thought, and you know, you can't really argue that thought. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of younger kids starting to come in. Yeah, you know, I don't cool. know how I don't know how old Brandon Fraser is, but I can't imagine he's over twenty. So. Um, it's cool to see. It's it's very cool to see, and uh, I do like to think I I played a part in it. But there's there's been quite a few guys that have that have helped that image kind of shift a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you definitely played a part in it, and I mean, it's like oh man, Landon looks cool on a yeah. on, on on a utility <laughs> bike, and that 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 played a big part of it, especially like with your um um obort tire deal and everything like with yep. all of, with all of the commercials you guys have with the slow motion videos dude it, yep. it all plays a part it really does and yeah and, yeah and, and even companies like obor have played a part you know yes. it's um you know they they have really done a lot of marketing for me and i could never thank them enough for what they've done but not only for me i think they've helped i think they've helped the four by four racing yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, how many, like, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but how many factory support guys, like, I don't want to say factory, but how much, how do Can-Am, do, do they support anybody else, or is it just you, or? Yeah, yeah, they support other people. Uh, to what extent and who exactly, I'm not exactly sure, so yeah. I, I can't really answer that for you. I don't know. I, did, I, I just I, wasn't I, sure I, if there was more like spots you know what i mean like uh to grow into or if they're or if they're growing you know in, into that uh it's really good to see canem still in the atv world just yeah. just you yep. know just not in, yep. you know and I, I know last year scared scared a lot of people in, including canem just a little bit just with what we had going on in this country so um or all over the world i guess but i think that scared them they just weren't really sure where things were going or uh, or how the market was going to, how the market was going to go. So they were a little scared. Uh, you know, I talked, obviously I talked to them last fall about my deal for this year and they definitely had some concern. 
Um, so I, I think, again, I think they had hit a little bit of a plateau as far as offering support and, and things of that nature. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping after after another good year of racing and, you know, Can-Am dealers across the country are sold out completely. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we're, we're heading in the right direction for this fall. Now, that, what, do you, what do you think about Can-Am producing like a 200 model utility quad to race like as your kid to come up in just all utilities. You think that? Uh, so I have thought about that, but I don't know that it will, uh, simply because of the, of the weight of them, um, you, you know, for, for a little kid and beings as, as big as they are. Um, I just don't know if, if I don't know, this is purely speculation, yeah, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if they would feel comfortable doing it because, I don't know that I would put a little little kid yeah. on one either, you right. know. So uh, that's my thought. But and they just can knows. look at they can look at Landon and say, "Well, he transitioned yeah. really well from <laughs> from the sports yep. quad side." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Landon, let's talk so. a little bit before we uh, let you go. Let's talk a little bit about um, off the bike stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What do you like to do when you're not on something that has a motor? <laughs> uh dream about things with motors <laughs> no. it's, it's a disease I don't know. right yeah it really is it's it's it's, it's pretty addictive um now i mean I, I like uh i like to ride bicycles i like to to do some mountain biking my wife and i like to do some camping um traveling but uh riding dirt bikes i know that's a motor uh r- riding like adventure bikes another motor uh, <laughs> uh i've recently my wife's sitting here throwing signals my way and she's right recently i've been trying to pick up the sport of disc golf but nice okay. really like it, it's so hard and i lose so many discs and get so much so much poison on my legs from digging around in the woods for them yeah i'm sure those aren't um, cheap to replace like golf balls no, they're not they're not but uh it's a change of pace for sure um and uh it's cool you know my my dog likes to go and walk around uh much ago but she's she's uh she, she's pregnant right now so oh, she's wow. getting a little big and uh she's not (laughs) thank you thank you but um it's hot you know walking around in the woods so (laughs) that's been my newest kick but uh other than that man i don't know murders is murders are really fun so i just kind of stick with them well there's another hot and i don't know if you could really consider this a hobby but i I have a feeling you're pretty good at it because i've seen you do it once at least um you can change an air filter really fast Oh, you saw that. I did. I did that see was that. impressive, wasn't it? It was insane. And I'm going to say that you deserve <laughs> half of that win uh, 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 purse. <laughs> and Cole, and Cole, Cole gave me the credit. Uh, but, man, I was impressed with myself on that. <laughs> oh, man. I was, I was so nervous because Dave Richardson, his dad, called me over. I was just standing there talking to Derisi kind of watching the race um hanging out uh for those of you that don't know real quick we're talking about i believe it was the the 2020 uh mason dixon race that was so dusty uh landon yep. changed the air filter for cole richardson um uh in a pit stop yeah so go yep. ahead. <laughs> last lap they had just gotten the white flag walker had like 25 seconds on him dave richardson calls me over screams over the fence get over here i need your help I run over. He gives me a an impact gun with a 10 millimeter on it. He said, "We're gonna pull in. This guy's gonna yank the seat off. I got this filter. You're gonna zip zip the filter off. I'm gonna throw the new one on. You need to tighten it down." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Five seconds later, Cole Richardson pulls in. We slam that air filter in 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 no time, and uh, he ended up catching Walker and winning the race. Yeah. So it was it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. See, before now, you couldn't have convinced me that you hadn't been practicing that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not not I had I had probably only changed three or four Yamaha air filters before that. So yeah, I, I was pretty pumped on that. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, that was like really cool. Whenever it happened, yeah. I, whenever I saw the video, I was like, oh my gosh, that that was yeah. insane. Um yep. yeah, for sure. But uh hey, before we let you go. There's a question that we ask every single one of our guests, and uh, it's actually probably the hardest question of the show. Uh, if you had to pick one fast food and one uh, candy, 
uh, what would it be? And uh, you can't give us any of this, like, you don't ever eat bad or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even close to giving you that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a couple um, well, people, and we're like, yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, fast food's easy. Um, that's always Chick-fil-A. I mean, I just – I really don't eat – I really don't eat much fast food because I really actually don't like it. Uh, but Chick-fil-A, I love um and i could probably eat that every day so chick-fil-a for sure on fast food candy um i'm more of like a salty kind of guy so like chips but candy i would probably have to say sour patch kids okay okay that's yeah. cool so sour yeah, patch especially kids while is a... driving wake you up oh there you go sour patch <laughs> yeah. kids that's a that's a first one i believe yeah. and then the the uh, chick-fil-a that's probably what the 32nd one <laughs> yeah it's gotta it's gotta be all of them hey, i mean who picks anything else right that that's the lord's chicken so <laughs> amen <laughs> so hey landon we appreciate you coming on the show today man uh it's been a blast talking with you and uh yeah man we look forward to having you on again uh for sure in the in the future like we said before you even came on the show you were a pretty highly um uh requested guest so uh yeah we look yeah. forward to having you on again and good luck uh in the uh rest of the season after the summer break yeah guys i uh i both you i really appreciate you having me on I had a blast i was i was excited to to see that you wanted me to be on and i'm excited to make it happen so uh thanks again and Thanks for the best wishes, and uh, hopefully it all turns out, and hopefully we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right, bye. All right, guys. That was Landon Wolf. Uh, Awesome interview, right? Yeah, man. That was great. Yeah, for sure. Dude. Have you seen that air filter video? I think I might have seen it. I, I'd go back and watch it again. I don't to, know who posted it. I don't know where I saw it. Probably um, Cole Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, probably, that'd, probably, that'd probably be the first place I'd check. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, Landon was an awesome interview. Uh, dude is just a insanely fast four by four guy and um uh just an awesome person too so uh yeah we appreciate having him on and having his time today um brandon what is next i think we're gonna go with uh, motocross right pro motocross i am so <laughs> sick <laughs> right to it huh? right to it i mean what else are you gonna go to right now like okay so the 250 class is really heating up as far as yeah. as far as the battles go, and uh, we finally had our second two-time winner. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, our first two-time winner Better. of the season. But if he doesn't get hurt, is he winning? Is he blowing him out right now? Uh, Frandis? No, J Mart. If he doesn't get hurt, ah. Oh. If, if J Mart. Yes, I think so because he's the only one that I think would be consistent enough. Yeah. Did you see Cooper's dig? Yeah. Ooh. Oh man. I when he was doing the interview, do you not? Did he not seem concussed? Yes. I was like, dude, this guy's concussed. Like, what is he even doing up on the podium? Like, go get checked. I will say this though, his interviews are always kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so. he was like, he was like stumbling for words, like trying to like. He looked like he was like staring, like I don't know, it was dude. I don't. Stars. I so the camera cut away, and if you have not seen it, we posted it on our story, so you better check it out because it's going to go away in forty or in uh, uh, like 20 hours. 24, 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but Justin Cooper just took a gnarly one uh, in Moto 2. Uh, I think it was going up hor- uh, Horsepower Hill. Yeah. Um, and just the bike front end swapped, right? Yeah, yeah, just kind of swapped off. Kind of looked like he hit a little kicker off the that next little pre-jump. And, yeah. And it just didn't go very good. The, the, the girl that was holding the camera actually had to kind of run away because she, you know, she was right in the line of fire. So you don't really see him hit the ground, but you know it was hard. Yeah, yeah, because you can see the bike kind of start flipping before she starts running. So yeah, bike hit the yeah, fence. Yeah, you could just tell, man. Um, yeah, so, but uh, that 250 class is, those guys are kind of all over the place. And I'm like you, I believe that if if um if uh jerry martin was not have missing two rounds i guess they missed two full rounds i believe yeah well he went out i think uh was it the second moto of the one with a hand injury? so he's missed three motos yeah okay so had that not happened i'm with you i think he's dominating is he third in the points or fourth he's third he's third yeah I he's moved think. into third now yeah and I believe that he's 50 points behind. Something 40, like that. Um, no, 47 points behind, I believe, is what he is. Could, could you imagine if, like, both of those had bike failures and he wins, like, the rest of the year and, like, wins the whole thing? Like, I, that would be insane. I mean, the, the, the championship is kind of – I mean, I guess there's, what, uh, eight? Is there eight motos left or ten? Uh, eight. 
You're, no, we have five races left. So 10. 10 motos left. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 10 races, that's a lot. You know, 10 race. If, if you're 10 races in a supercross season, you're thinking he's still in it. He's got a little, he's got a shot. But, yeah. you know, uh, motocross being it's five rounds, it makes you kind of think he's a little bit out of it more than he is. But he, he can make up big swings. You get, you get one, one bad moto. You get one bad motor or one DNF or uh, just think if, if Justin Cooper would not have finished that race. Yeah. Um, you're talking about a you're talking about getting him within a uh, within a moto a moto of, of being able to be out of the championship. So yeah, I mean I mean look at Jet Lawrence. He doesn't get great starts anyway. So then so that you know he's in a slump right now. He for gets sure. in him back and gets tangled up with some people like he did at Mil, you know uh, Spring Creek. Yeah, you know that that that's not going to be good for him. And if Jay Mark can keep doing what he does, and and um, if he gets on that roll, you know they might be in some trouble. Yeah, I believe I believe you're right uh, for sure. Uh, but I started off. Yeah, I started, started off, off this, on the other one. Yep. I started off on the other one, and um, dude. I'm a fan of Ken Roxon and I'm not frustrated with I'm not frustrated at him. I'm frustrated with him. <laughs> <laughs> it has got to be getting old to see the same old, same old thing of where like, you know, one week he's the fastest guy in the world and then the next week he is fading. And I mean going from challenging the leader in Moto two, uh, I believe it was Moto two. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Moto, Moto 1. Yeah. Challenging Chase Sexton uh, to dropping off the pace. And I was like, well, okay. At least he's got second. And, you know, Fernandez is in sixth. So, at least he's going to make some points on him. And then Fernandez ends up getting him. Yeah. He ends up getting him before the end of the moto. And he drops clear to, like, ninth. Yeah. Um, and then the second moto is just, you know, nothing really to show there either. So, uh, it's frustrating. But... Uh, besides him, um, I tell you what, Chase Sexton, what a yeah, ride by yeah. that kid. Uh, a super pump for him, and I'm telling you what, man. They better watch out. They better watch out. Because he's got confidence. He's got confidence now. Um, got a little bit of momentum. Seems like he's got his starts dialed. Got his starts dialed. Um, I think that, uh, for one, I think that he's going to be a race-winning contender here on out as long as we get the starts, because uh, it, it's start cross. Yeah. You've got to be in the top five if you're going to have a chance. Because, I mean, look at Barsha. Yeah. Barsha had the pace that he could have won this week again, but he ended up finishing sixth because he started uh, outside the top ten, yeah. both motos. Um, but so I think that uh, Chase Sexton is definitely a uh, definitely a win rate, a race win contender uh, no matter what week it is from here on out. So what do you think about Eli Tomac in that 213? I think that he's the only one that could do it. Yeah, it's yeah, insane because he he had a similar lap time, I believe, at um, Southwick. at Southwick yeah. when he had like a two twelve, but yeah. it was like three seconds faster than anybody else. Oh yeah, man! It, what's crazy is he goes like when he does that stuff. It's like outside to outside to outside. It's like how are you going clear outside and That's still being does. faster? And I'm telling you what, man. I know going to a new team is tough, and I know that there's going to be growing pains. Um. But I was listening to a podcast with Ryan Villapoto not too long ago, and Ryan talked about, they said, you know, what would have needed to happen for you to stay in the sport longer? And he said, I don't know, guys. I guess maybe if I changed teams. Uh, I just, I was so sick of the same old, same old. And you could tell he was miserable. Um, and I, he's like, I was sick of it. I was tired of, uh, of being in the, that, that environment. Maybe if I changed teams, it would have gave me a breath of fresh air. Maybe that's where Tomac is. Maybe, maybe Yamaha's a good fit. I tell you what, the star team, the star Yamaha team mm-hmm. from top to bottom, from 250 to 450 is looking more and more like they're going to be the team to beat in the future oh, yeah. in both classes. Oh, for sure, man. Um, whatever, I think it's Bobby Reagan over there. I think he is just – he is a man that can take a team, and, and, and he's done it before at Suzuki. Now he's at Yamaha. Um, he's made that team just – makes me want to go buy a Yamaha. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. I mean, I never wanted to touch a 450 Yamaha before because, for one, they were so big and wide, and, and, and no one has really too much success on it. Now they're shoot Aaron Plessinger, Craig, uh, Christian Craig, and and um, Ferrandis is out killing it every every weekend. They're in the top five, and it seems to lend 
I guess with the exception of Craig, because Craig's a really smooth rider, it seems to lend more towards the guys that hang it out there, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, that fits Tomac's, Tomac's way of riding through and through right there. So it's it's interesting to see how that's going to match up. Um, I would say that maybe not so much in Supercross in the 2022 season, but I would say you might be seeing him hit his stride and being a really championship contender again in uh, motocross season of 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tomac with a more stronger motor is kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, can you ma- imagine going outside of the outside with a with a faster motor? I oh, mean, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah, with a faster motor that, that they somehow lost, what, seven or 14 pounds on yeah. the Star. Star's a good team, um, and uh, I, I'm excited to see that transition and see how it goes. Uh, so, Brandon, we're a primary GNCC podcast, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. We would be reminisced if we did not mention the departure of Caleb Russell from the motocross series. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that was a surprising, but after listening to it, that when he was on Paul talking, not too surprising. I feel like it was more of like KTM was saying, like, here's the boot, dude. Yeah. That's what I felt like. But yeah. Um, so it, it was kind of sad. Uh, because I feel like Caleb deserved a little bit more than that. Um, and watching the pulp and listening to the interview that he had with Steve Mathis, it you could hear the frustration in his voice. You could hear the disappointment in his voice. The you know, um, it seemed to me like maybe they weren't on the same page from the get go. Uh, it seemed to me like you know Caleb went in with the mindset of. I want to have fun. I want to do my best. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like a farewell tour. Yeah. And I will just I, I want to try this uh, at least once to say that I did it. Um, I'm going to be, you know, probably 10th is my ceiling. I'm going to be 20, you know, 10 to 20 place guy uh, unless there's a mutter. Um, and if there's a mutter, then I'm going to send it. Uh, and then he came into the year with a pretty serious injury, yeah. breaking his jaw. Uh, jumping on the bike actually early to try to get back on and race at high point, which is a race that he always wanted to do. Uh, he was able to do it, had a good finish at high point. Yeah. He really did. He really did good. Um, and from what I understand, he wasn't even supposed to be on the bike until the high point round happened. Um, now, that being said, I understand that you're under a factory tent. You're under a very highly regarded factory tent. And you're in the moto scene. And you're in the moto scene that they expect you to perform at a certain level. However, I'd be willing to bet that Caleb Russell has sold more KTM's than anybody under that tent. Oh yeah, yeah. So, can you not give him five more rounds? Yeah, like one season. Can 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 you just not take his bike? I mean, you know. I mean, he didn't say they took it, but we're just reading kind of. And I don't think they did. I don't think they did. What I'm thinking is, I'm thinking that Caleb was like, you know, I'm not having fun, and I don't want to put words into his mouth. Um, I'd love to actually get him on the on the show one day and talk about this and talk about you know his career in general. But in my opinion, I think that he was probably like, I know the direction this is headed. I'm not having fun. Um, I know that they're not pleased with what I'm putting out there, and you know. Coming off of the injury, it was tough coming back. I'm going to pull the plug before they pull the plug. Yeah. And I want it to be on my terms. Because it was supposed to be on my terms to begin with, and I want it to be on my terms. I mean, let's face it. He's a guy that wants to win, doesn't want to lose any, um, and expects probably high expectations of himself anyways. And then you have someone calling in and saying, hey, man, you (laughs) – Uh, you know, you need to do better. And he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I will say though? Cause I was kind of like, man, I hope that the, the, the moto community doesn't bash him and say, Oh, I knew he couldn't hack it or anything. Dude. I, I am very, very pleased to have seen the great response when he announced that he was done from all of the moto fans, all of the off-road fans. Um, it seems to me like the, the moto community that at one point in time was like, oh, they're woods guys. They don't have any business being out here. That's no more. They understand that Caleb Russell is a bad dude on two wheels, no matter what discipline he's riding in. And they understood, 
you know, how hard it is to transfer over from one to the other. And, you know, and I think they also understood the in, They also understood that the injury he was coming in with was a pretty severe one. And it kind of put him behind the eight ball from the get go. Um, uh, you know, I, I wish that he would have ran the 450 class. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad that he at least got to do it. Uh, I'm sure there's some regrets as far as like, you know, what actually this season ended up being for him. But hey, dude, he's the goat. Oh yeah, he's the goat of off-road racing, and he tried his hand at uh, pro motocross. And there's really nothing to be ashamed of. Um, he didn't really get the full deck of cards that he was he should have had coming in with with the injury and everything and uh being on a 250 i think uh hindered him a little bit as well so yeah i mean hats off to him um great career i'm sure we'll see him back out in the woods or something just showing up race to race you never know about him uh once you go off a bike it's hard to stay it's, it's hard to stay away from it uh, I, know, I, I don't know do you think that you see caleb russell coming back and not being in a situation where he expects to win a GNCC? Um, I mean, it, I guess it all depends when he comes I back. I think there would have to be a long time. Before he had not to expect yeah, to win. Because like, he's not going to come back this year and not think that he's going to go out and win. Well, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, on the Pulp Show, he kind of said if he uh, would be racing off-road right now, he would probably be, be winning the championship is what – he did say I'm that. I'm pretty sure those he were did his say words. that, and so that rubbed some people the wrong <laughs> way. Sure. But man, I mean, when you got the when you got it, I mean, when you're the eight, what eight time straight national champion, it's hard not to say that, right? It's hard not to say um, that, right? <laughs> but like, like I said, those were his words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, uh, Caleb, if you're listening, yeah, happy retirement, absolutely well deserved. Work on the golf game. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, enjoy being enjoy a moto it. dad, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, and I'd like to give a, before we get off the moto topic, uh, shout out to Ryan Sipes. He was this on the show. Absolutely. Scored, scored some points. Scored some points. He ended up finishing 14th in Moto 1. Uh, man, how awesome was it having Ryan Sipes on the show yeah. last week? Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It, shameless plug. If you haven't listened to that episode and you're listening to this one, go back and listen to the Ryan Sipes episode. Uh, super cool guy. Uh, we really enjoy talking to him. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a good episode for sure. Yeah, another uh, markup for split line, right? Come yeah. on, score score some points. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> split line, split line's growing there. Brandon, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Oh man, is there anything else going on? Um, I know there's that Heartland Challenge. If you don't want to look into that, um, I think we're going to try to get somebody on to talk about that here within the upcoming week or so. Um, it's a big quad race out there in Iowa. I uh, saw where Walker was getting ready for it. Had a light bar on the bike. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Check that out. Um, we got Loretta Lynn's amateur uh, racing going on here within. An, I think it's next week. Uh, so if anybody's listening that does that, good luck. Be safe. Um, is there anything else? Any any local races going on that you know of? Mm, not this weekend, no. Um, I know that, that Mountain State's off for a couple more weeks. I think that they're actually – I was going to go to their next race, but they're racing the week and then we'll be gone on vacation. Uh, so. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when are you going to get that thing back out? Are you going to ride that thing? I might, ha I might be riding it this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Just, you know, on the track over there across uh, from the hill. Want to come? You going on Track 93 anytime? I'd like to. Be Shout like out to Track 93. They've been, they've been uh, really uh, – been a lot of people going out there and enjoying that so if you're in the local area in west virginia uh track 93 is open what four days a week uh, i think it's friday saturday sunday yeah sunday only day for quads the other two for bikes so. three tracks yeah so it's pretty neat uh it's great for kids um they have a little starter track and then they have a kids track and then they have the full adult track um which is pretty neat so yeah check them out it's getting better each and every week out there um <laughs> Just be patient with them. They're, they'll get it together. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and Brandon, What's are that? you? Are, are we? Are, how's the? Uh, how's the uh, training going? Oh yeah, man, it's going great. Yeah, me and Ethan have uh, been hooking up there a little bit, and uh, uh, I, I want to say I'm a little sore the last couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, I'll be on it soon. I had a program that I'm already, you know, halfway through. So as soon as I'm done with that, I'll be. Uh, He'll run scared for the hills, Ethan. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> run and hide from you. Exactly what I'm gonna do. <laughs> uh, shoot, that's funny. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, you know, you know, all of that, 
all of that uh what's that bike called the assault bike the assault bike all of that assault bike training has me has me thinking you know there's a 24 hour uh oh, mountain bike race coming up here uh in October, I don't believe they set the date yet, but our friend over at uh, uh, Fat Tire Bikes in Bridgeport, uh, he posted about it um, last week, and that is going to be, uh, I guess you can do it as a team or a Ironman type individual race oh uh, up at Stonewall. I definitely will not be doing the, uh, the uh, <laughs> Ironman. Definitely count me out for that, but... I believe that we might have to figure out how to put a split line off road team together. Oh man! Do you know any? Uh, <laughs> do you know any uh, pro uh, no. pro riders that would uh, like to join the uh, mountain bike team? Maybe we can get McGill and Owens to come. There down. we go. That's a good idea. <laughs> they, and I'll tell you what, I'll pit for them. <laughs> pit? Yeah, what <laughs> I'll give them some water, splash some water in their faces as they come by. Or something. Yeah, next thing you know, you're, you're going to end up be changing like flat tires flat every tires, hour. Yeah. You're going to hate your life for having to do that. Come on, they don't got no uh, no extra uh, rims, tire balls, or anything for yeah. bicycles. Yeah, exactly. Just fill them up with like goo or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we might have to check that out. Uh, we'll have yeah. to check that out. Check I'm getting I'm getting kind of into the mountain biking scene. I've got I've got Strava now. It's it's fun. It's it's a good time to get out and just ride mountain bikes. You wouldn't yeah. believe it uh, until you do it. Especially, if, I, I love downhill stuff. I mean, I hate climbing. That stuff sucks. But uh, the downhill stuff's where it's at. You get a little speed, a little adrenaline. E-bike companies, there. shout out. Come on board. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what a downhill bike. This things are like eight grand. <laughs> yeah. You got to get up the hill at, at some point, snowshoe, man. Get a snowshoe, hop on the yeah, hop on I, a lift. I would like to do that. We'll have to do that sometime for sure. Yeah. For sure. We're getting more and more involved with the mountain biking world. Uh, I mean, you talk about split line that's not much farther off than what we already talk about you know mountain biking is a huge part of the of the racing community for sure so uh let's cut this thing off we're rambling yeah we're rambling a little bit got a song rambling man rambling rambling man let's go (laughs) 